honest information about living a healthy lifestyle on RadioMD.com. It's time for Naturally Savvy with natural visionary Andrea Donsky and health journalist Lisa Davis. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis with Andrea Donsky. You know, losing weight can be really tough. And one of the things that I think is so important is to be your own coach. So I really love this book, Thin From Within, the powerful self-coaching program for permanent weight loss. Joining us now is the author, Dr. Joe Luciani. He also has a bunch of other books on self-coaching to help all the areas of your life. Dr. Joe, welcome to the show. What a nice well, rhyme. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate being on the show. Thank you. All right, Dr. Joe, you're an international best-selling self-coach. You've got this, these great series translated into 10 different languages. Your latest book is Thin From Within, the powerful self-coaching program for permanent weight loss. Talk to us about what you mean by self-coaching and how that helps with the weight loss. Well, self-coaching is, is really, uh, it started out really a few years ago when uh, doing therapy. And I realized that, you know, just understanding anxiety, depression, emotional struggles in general, that, that's really half the battle because unless someone stays motivated, unless you could get someone to fight the good fight over time, then everything is for naught. And when it comes to eating, when it comes to just fighting off worrisome thoughts, whatever the struggle may be, if you can keep that motivation going if you can coach yourself to see the other side of that fence and to keep your intentions always in front of you, you're going to have success. So for me, self-coaching is a way to give a foundation of understanding, a cognitive psychological foundation, but to infuse that with the motivational, just go get it and attitude of whatever it takes, just do it kind of feeling. I like that. And you know, Dr. Joe, when you mentioned the, the anxiety and the depression and the other things, I mean, you have to deal with that, right? Because that's going to get in our way. If you're feeling depressed, your motivation's going out the window. If you're not feeling good about yourself, maybe psychologically, you think you don't deserve to be healthy. How do you deal with these issues? Well, when it comes to eating, of course, uh, oftentimes food becomes the anesthetic for a, a difficult or struggling life. Uh, and you can be stressed, you can be depressed, you could be anxious, even boredom. Uh, emotions yes. play such a pivotal part in why we eat and when we eat and how often we eat. So it, it is really critical for us to have an awareness of the emotions and our life stressors that are going on if we're wanting to just really look at our lives in, in kind of a, an overview fashion and really integrate all these aspects of our lives that, that just tend to get out of control. Yeah, it's true. You know, you talk about uh, the emotional struggle with dieting in your book, and you mentioned the tipping point. Talk to us about the significance of the tipping point. Well, the tipping point in the field of epidemiology, that's the point where an infectious disease becomes just not controllable. When it comes to any life struggle, and particularly when it comes to a struggle with the should I, shouldn't I aspect of eating that forbidden food, that toxic food, you know, we have the devil on one shoulder, the angel on the other. Uh, what leads up to that tipping point is what I call the period of ambivalence, and that's the angel-devil. Uh, up until you reach the tipping point, that's the point where you either capitulate and wolf down the brownies or that you walk away and stick with your intentions. And everything that takes place in that, tip, in that I'm sorry, in the lead-up to that tipping point is very, very critical. That's where awareness cannot be overstated. Um, by being unconscious, we open the door to habit, to impulse, to compulsivity. 
So basically, if we become less than conscious, we're really allowing those, the food impulses to kind of steer things toward the pantry and the fridge. So it is the period just leading up to that tipping point that we have our best shot of living our intentions. And it's really, really important to develop the critical awareness that's necessary to really try to nip that mind, I call it mind tasting. That's where you start to savor the food before the fact. And we've got to nip that in the bud before it just runs a gamut and just taking us, you know, from point A to point Z and we're wolfing down to the toxic food. Hmm. And it makes sense. I mean, you know, would you, what, what percentage would you say of all diets fail? And why is that? Well, over 80% of all diets do fail within two years. And when it comes to fed or fanatical diets, more than 95% fail. And the reason diets fail is fundamentally because what's changing in a diet is presumably your weight, but you're not changing. And that's the key. I mean, when we look at dieting culturally, we see that we've become a a diet yo-yo oriented society. The mm-hmm. average woman in a study done in England, uh, a for, the average 45-year-old woman has been on 61 diets in her lifetime. Wow. And, and I venture wow. to guess we're not that much different. And I think it's because we tend to look at the diet as if it's the, you know, the end result of what we need to do. Dieting is just half of the issue. We lose the weight. That's great. Most diets do that. But keeping it off, that's where we fall short. So if you're relying on any diet... And my book isn't about a diet. It's really about complementing any diet because it's the psychology behind keeping it off. We can lose weight, but can we keep it off? And the answer is unless you change you, unless you change the habits and the destructive patterns that have led up to your weight gain, unless you make those changes, you're going to be on that yo-yo highway again and again and again. Well, there's so many people. I remember speaking to somebody at the gym and she is now a fitness trainer and she's buff and in great shape. And we got into a conversation. I was asking her how she, you know, keeps in shape. And she kind of revealed that inside she feels still like that girl who, when she was smaller, was really obese and overweight. And in her mind, she was still that person, which I found so fascinating because you look at her and she's in such good shape. But yet she, in her mind and how she felt about herself, was that same woman who was really overweight when she was younger. So what do you find with people like that? You know, how do people help to get rid of and shed that old programming, which I think is so important? Well, that's a very critical point because we do identify uh, with not only past images and reflexes, but also with labels. Um, we, tend to, we tend to put ourselves into categories. I'm too fat. I'm, I'm too lethargic. I'm this. I'm that. This is a form of self-discouragement. And when it mm-hmm. comes to really wanting to live your intentions, it is so important that, that we realize that if we're going to discourage ourselves, then it looks pretty bleak where we're headed. We have to find ways to encourage And one way to encourage is to find the power of yes, not the power of no. The power of yes is the I can do it attitude. If you're seeing yourself as fat, as obese, as lazy, you're not really encouraging anything good to happen. And in fact, you're you're hitting the brake pedal. So optimism, optimism is critical. And we need to just develop more of a tenacious, optimistic, flexible attitude. And that comes from a mindset that you have to cultivate you know, these things are not necessarily ingrained in us. We have to practice them just as you would any exercise, and you mm, develop true. muscle. Hmm. 
Which makes a lot of sense. And I think that's the key too, is developing that muscle so that you don't end up reverting back to that old behavior because maybe a trigger might you know, set her off to go back to eating. I guess, but her fear is so big of becoming that person again. I guess the key is just, you know, changing our whole thought behind that. Yes, and, and right, it's self-confidence. You see, we, we tend to lose confidence, and when that happens, of course, then we lose self-trust. And with the loss of self-trust, of course, then everything begins to cascade into a, a feeling of mm-hmm. projecting failure. So we do have to build confidence and self-trust. And again, think of self-trust and self-discipline as muscles. Muscles mm-hmm. need to be exercised. If they're not mm-hmm. exercised, any muscle, be it psychological or physical, that muscle will atrophy. So we've got to change ourselves from the inside out. And I think it's very important to realize that it's all about developing muscle. Psychological muscle is critical to really have the life you want, the life you deserve. I think that's great advice. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. And you can learn more about Dr. Luciani at his website, selfcoaching.net. You can also follow him on Twitter at selfcoaching101. I like that, Dr. Luciani. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. I'm Andrea Donsky, along with Lisa Davis. This is Naturally Savvy Radio on Radio MD. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at your Radio MD and at Naturally Savvy. Thanks for listening, everyone. And really change that mindset. Stay well.